The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. No lie, your voice counts. So this is just a friendly reminder to make sure that you are registered to vote in the upcoming elections this November. Please text the word VOTER to 26797 to check your registration. You will also receive reminders for all local, state, and federal elections and your polling locations. Don't forget to follow I Am A Voter for more civic engagement opportunities. This is Sarah Riff, and welcome to Having It All and Other Lies, the podcast where I talk to people I admire about letting go of perfection, embracing the chaos, and redefining what success and happiness look like to them. Because ultimately, the only definition that matters is our own. Today's guest is a poet, author, actress and artist. She wrote the best-selling poetry book, Letters to the Men I Have Loved, which spent over two years on the bestsellers list on Amazon. She's also authored Elusive Loves, Amoris Esquivos, which I promise I just mispronounced, but it is a bilingual compilation of love poems, as well as Letters to Women Like Me, a compilation of essays and poems. Today, She is here to tell us about her new book she just released, and we could not be more excited. Welcome to the podcast, Mirtha Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm happy to see your face. I know it's been a while. It has been a while. How are you doing? How are you holding up? What's your headspace? I'm doing great. I just released my new book, 18 Inches. Congrats. Thank you. It's out everywhere. Which is not what you think it's about. <laughs> we should just get that out of the way. Yes, we could get that out of the way. 18 inches the is... provocateur. <laughs> ...is the distance between the heart and the head. So the average distance in most human beings, adult human beings, is 18 inches. So every decision we make in our lives is based on 18 inches. Either we're making these decisions with our heart or we're making them with our heads. And the book is about 18 decisions that I had to make. Wow. Well, listen, I can't wait to talk to you about the book because sometimes I feel like my head and heart are probably more like 25 inches, maybe a 30 incher. (laughs) So we'll talk about that. But how's it been going for you in the midst of all the craziness, like in pandemic? When it all began, I started off a little discouraged because I felt something big is coming in the sense of a big change, which occurred. And a lot of my plans were changing, especially like with a new book and a new business venture. So I had to sort of uh, just chill for like two weeks and let it sink in and adapt to the circumstances. I think in the end, we have to, to survive, you have to adapt to change. And I think a lot of times people they remain stagnant because they don't like change. I mean, no one does. It's easier, safer. Yeah. So I I did that. I had gone back to my parents' house on in the East Coast, and it all started for two weeks, and I ended up staying for two months. And then I was like, okay, I have to go back to L.A., and I have to Was this early on, like, March time? Yeah. So what was that like living with your parents again? It was crazy because I haven't done that (laughs) since I left home when I was 21. And I get along with my parents really great. Are they in Miami? 
I grew up in Miami. My parents moved to uh, Georgia, actually, to a small town outside of uh, Atlanta, maybe 10 months ago. So even with that, it was like so much change for me because I would have rather have been in Miami. But I love my family. My siblings are also there. In Georgia? Like the entire family moved, yeah. Even my aunt and cousins. And wow. Yeah, it's like their own little village. <laughs> so it was great to spend time with them. I hadn't done that in so long, like spending two months with... I have nieces and nephews. It was it was special. I hadn't experienced that kind of uh, quality time in a long time right. with my family. So it was it was definitely it was good for the soul. What do you miss most right now with quarantine and you know our current status of life? What are you missing? I feel like I've already adapted to the out you know the outdoor dining and all of that. You know, if, if this would have happened when I was like twenty one. I think I would have missed going to clubs, but I don't go to clubs now, so it's it doesn't. Do you not? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I actually like. I'll end up at a club if there's a birthday or like I'm sort of dragged. If the there. occasion calls, if the occasion for a club, calls for you're it, gonna end up in the club. Yeah, but it's not something that I would say. Oh, I'm gonna buy this outfit. I used to do that right. in my early twenties. Buy was, this look for the club. For the club, yeah. Right. But I'm not in that space anymore. So for me, I'm all about dining. Okay. Like dining and whining. <laughs> whining and dining. Yeah, that is. Or dining and whining, which is something different. W-H-I-N-I-N-G. Oh, wow. Like, you know, yeah. dining and whining mm-hmm. feels more up my level. So this is what I do. And, and I've been checking out new restaurants. Not necessarily new, but restaurants that I perhaps never visited before. And I've just been having a nice time. Okay. And working and... Yeah, you're, you're yeah, adapted. You're I'm adapting, your, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're cruising on this new level. The only thing yeah. is that I travel frequently in my regular life. So me not being able to hop on a plane to Europe, that took a toll on me right. for a moment. But I did see... Following along on your Instagram, I have seen that you've been able to pop out. To, went to you Mexico. went to Mexico. I went to Mexico. That looked really nice for my was, couch. It was nice. <laughs> it was nice. I mean, I went to, I was in another city. I was dating a guy. So mm. I was with him for a minute. But that ended. So now I'm back in the dating pool. So it's like, I've never been a great dater. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the intense type. I see the person. Do I like them? I know immediately if I want to see them again. I don't like hanging out with people that I don't have a connection with. You kind of know right away. I know right away. I'm one of those people. So for me, I'm never, I'm not a serial dater. Well, okay. So I mean, listen, let's get this out of the way. You know how some people- You're a love poet. So I feel like that's going to put your expectations and your ability and your- propensity to tap into your heart and your emotions at a higher level than most. I just don't want to like date casually, casually. Like for me, it's like, I I hate, I dislike going to even having a tea with someone that I don't actually want to be spending those 30 minutes with. Right. You know, it's like, I'd rather be at home watching TV or like, Doing something else, reading something that I'm interested in or, or like, or I think about that 
all the time. Like, who would you rather be hanging out with instead? Like, I always think about that. So if a guy captures my attention and I'll do the first date, you know, just because I'll be open. But if I didn't feel it. Yeah, you're not going I'm on not the second. Go- I'm not going on that second. You're not trying to figure no. it out. Okay, well, let me ask you. We love to talk about the notion of having it all. But what have you had enough of lately? What are you just up to here on? I mean, this year has been crazy. Kind of had enough of twenty twenty. It's like if I have a, if there's another earthquake, I'm just waiting for the aliens to show up. It's been that kind of year. What else? What else can we take? What else can we take? I'm what just over twenty twenty. Okay, so tell me a little bit. You know, where did you grow up? I know you mentioned Miami. Miami. Yeah. Did you have an idea for you of what you wanted your life to look like or what having it all would look like to you? Did you imagine you were going to be a poet and an author? I always knew that I I always knew that I was going to publish books and stuff. I always knew that because since I was like seven years old, I had a very clear idea that I wrote my first poem at six years old. It was always something that I did. I didn't necessarily know what exactly I was going to write about as a teenager. What did you write about I, at I six? wrote The first poem I wrote, which I still have, and it was really about my country because I was born in Dominican Republic and we moved to Miami when I was five years old and I missed it. I missed my home. I grew up by the water. In Miami, we didn't live by the water. We lived in by a lake. For a little while. And then, you know, we always had a pool, but we not did, the same kind of water. not the same, you know, growing up by the ocean. And I love the water. I'm, I'm like a mermaid. So it, my first poem was about that, about the Malecon in Dominican Republic. El Malecon. El Malecon. So every, is that, does that mean the ocean? Uh, it's like a bayside. Okay. Like Cuba has one, Puerto Rico has one, Dominican Republic has one. Every island has it, but the three Latin, the Spanish speaking islands, we call it that. So we all call it the same. El Malecon. El Malecon. So growing up in Miami, you know, I I always say I had a really great childhood because I, I was raised with a lot of love. And maybe sometimes my parents went through different, like financial difficulties. And sometimes we were on a high, sometimes we're on a low, but I grew up with so much love. Consistently. Consistently and support that anything I wanted to do, anything that I said that I wanted to do, it was supported by my parents. I went through a transition of wanting to do different things. When I was a little girl, I said that I wanted to be a painter. And then I had an uncle that told me, well, are you going to be poor? (laughs) Like a struggling artist. Like, are you going to be, and it became a poet in the end. And it's funny because his daughter, that's what his daughter became a rich, painter. Is become a poet. Really? No. No. I was I'm like, well, maybe you, nowadays, like with Instagram, it's kind of become a little easier yes, to sell. Yes, but I think pursuing the arts in general mm. is not something that people no, do. No, you have to have a real job. Of course. A real job, yeah. right? So then I scratched the, the painter desire. And I decided that I wanted to be a psychologist for a moment. And then that didn't happen because I got into television. I got cast on this kid's show when I was like, I think I was like 14 or something like that. 
And I was, and I did it for a few years. And then when I, I started studying communications, I fell in love with acting. And that's what actually brought me to LA. But I always knew I was going to write, you know, I was always writing. I have my journals and my poetry from teenage years, but life took me on such an interesting journey that I wouldn't have imagined or predicted or predicted my life that I live right now. Like, or the things that I've seen, the things that I've experienced. Let me tell you something. I actually say this all the time. If I were to die tomorrow, whoever does my eulogy needs to say, she's had fun. I've lived a great life. What else do you want? Well, what I do want is that I want, like, for example, the family with the husband and the kids. So is that I'm, something you imagine yeah. growing up? You wanted, because you had a super close-knit family, yeah. so family was always really important to you. Exactly. So I've always wanted that. I didn't always want it at a specific time. Like in my 20s, I wasn't craving for that. I let go of certain relationships because we were in, on different pages. But as soon as I hit 30... I was like, okay, this is something that I, I need to start thinking about. And that's why I'm not much of a casual dater because I don't want to waste my time with people that don't have the same vision that I have for the future. Yeah, for sure. So that's sort of what I'd like next. Right. Like build a home with someone. Right. And how's that going? Are you dating? It's tough in Los Angeles. I think it's tough in any major city. And then a pandemic, it's, it's like, great, Yeah, wonderful. that's going to take your narrow target and it's like, even smaller. Even more. I haven't been on, I went on one day yeah. and it was the weirdest thing because I was like, he was like trying to like hug me and I was like, ooh. Six feet. It's one thing like I'm across from you at a dinner table and we're having a conversation. But another thing is you're not going to even try to kiss me because it's not going to happen. Right. As someone who is a poet and you've just released your fourth book, really topically focused on love, on love, on emotions, on your heart, on communicating. It's hard enough for most of us who are dating or trying to find people or level up with someone. Is it like the mechanic who never fixes her car or are you just like having a hard time finding someone who's as dialed in to their emotions as you are? First, I think I intimidate certain men. So immediately I have to scratch those. I think I intimidate them because immediately I come off as the person that I am, that I know myself, that I know what I want. And I'm not going to start divulging it right away, but you just Sometimes mean like I'm a being bit confident. Yeah, I'm extremely confident. And being and being focused on what you want it, is intimidating. It to is men. because a lot of men don't know what they want. Right. Sometimes I mean, you have to show a lot them. of women. And a lot of women too, but at least in my experience. Another thing is I don't think everyone is going to be on the same level of experience and of emotional knowledge. We learn as we go, right? And I think that I've already done so much inner work to get to this point that I feel confident with myself that I don't think a lot of men have done it as well. So do you think that that's work that you've done through your poetry or are you referring to? It's definitely with my work that yeah. I've done it, but it, it's influenced my work. Everything I've learned has influenced what I write about. 
since I write about my experiences, I think what initiated that desire for me to do this inner work was me feeling in dark moments. I felt there was something missing. So I was soul searching. I was seeking something bigger. And I started doing the work. And I think it all starts with taking the time to learn fully who you are, mind, body, and soul. And that's what 18 Inches is about, that mind, body, and soul connection. We can't only make decisions with our heart. We can't only make decisions with our heads. We have to find that balance. And I feel that I finally found my balance. So now, and it's weird because I think that now, because I have finally found it, I'm living in my balance, I'm going to attract that person because the universe gives you what you're ready for. Right. You know, when you said about having it all, you know, can we have it all? I think we can. Well, it depends. Just at different times. Right. Or really it's the notion of it. So we have that societal pressure that we're meant to have it all. And we know what that looks like from society. But I think individually, each person wants different things. So my definition of having it all may be different than yours. Yes. Our perception of happiness is different too. Totally. I learned that I won't be happy every day, but I can choose to be content. Do you think that the problem is having the expectation to be happy every day? Is that not realistic? I think it's completely unrealistic because we're all going to experience our highs and lows. I've decided to try to be content every day and understanding that there are going to be days in which I'm going to experience those highs that I'm going to be you know, bursting in happiness. And then I'm going to accept that there are days that I'm going to yearn for some excitement, right? But it's a false expectation. And, you know, society has placed pressures on women to be great at everything. If you really think about it, men do not have that pressure. They don't have the pressure of having to be an amazing provider and be that stay at home father and have visible D lines. Exactly. Right. Like for example, you were saying how you are homeschooling your, your kids. Mm -hmm. It's like, that is a huge responsibility apart from you working apart from you running the house. You know, it's like, Oh, it's untenable for sure. But this, I look as One of the guests that we had here, Eve Rodsky, who wrote this incredible book called Fair Play, she calls it a wild card. You know, whether that's like a death in the family or somebody loses a job or there's a move or there's something crazy. No one was like, oh, you know, when that's not going to work is when the global pandemics run around, you know, or run through. Mm -hmm. Like it's all pretty easy to maintain, except for during a global pandemic. It's never happened before. We would have never imagined that we would be homeschooling our kids trying to maintain our work, trying to keep your house, you know, which I know sounds like, oh, keep your house. But especially if you have a family and you have kids, if if everything's not stocked and orderly and running, it's like the whole thing falls apart. So yeah, but I wonder if as women, we also do a lot to ourselves. And I say that because I think where we feel a lot of the pressure is from looking externally, right? So it's like, I will say- I think we compare each other Totally, a lot. compare and despair. Also, we strive for perfection because we want to feel loved. Yes. We want to feel that love. 
in a different way that most men. Right. But even as women, because I do think we're perfectionists, but women were on Instagram. Like if you look at like, yes, there, there are guys on Instagram. It's just not the same. You're on Pinterest. You're looking at all these like beautiful, perfectly curated homes or this person who threw this party for someone. It's never the dudes that are like, oh, you know what we should do for James's birthday? I'm going to eat like, that's not a thing. And I think like they feel less pressure because they're also, they're not trying to do it all. You know, they're not trying to compare themselves to these images of perfection all the time. But I think it's because the the changes that have occurred in society with gender labels. If you think about it, we added to our responsibilities before. Of course, women we didn't take just anything away. We didn't take anything away. We just added to that. So we added more to our plate. And we are able to handle it. That's why I always say women can do anything. We're extremely strong, but we also have to understand that you need that time to refill your glass. Yeah, You need to take care of yourself because if not, you'll break down. And everybody refills their glass differently. Differently. Yeah. Did you ever take that Enneagram test? Is that what it's called? No, I haven't. And I could be butchering this, but it's about if you are someone who is an extrovert, you know, and you love being around people. But in order for you to fill your glass, you need that quiet time to sort of regenerate. You know, okay. we all need different things for our I, soul. I haven't taken that test, but I've analyzed myself and the type of person that I am. And I am, I think they call it ambivert. Ambivert. Which is the person that is both. <laughs> okay. That you like to be social, but you also... Because it sounds like you're like ambivalent to being an extrovert or you're like a ambivivert. That's what it's called. It's weird. So I, there's times that I like being around people. And then there's times that I, especially like when I'm writing a book, I will just be off on my, on my own and not see anyone for a while. What's the process like of writing a book? Well, because my books are poetry and prose, it's a little different than say, writing a novel or writing a script. I write the poetry whenever I feel it. Like whenever the muse arrives, I write the poetry. I could write it on my phone. I could write it on a notepad. I I found it easier to write it on my phone simply because it's easier to transfer. But when it comes to the chapters, like the prose parts, I usually outline first like the theme that I'm trying to get across and I go part by part and sometimes I I write the end first and sometimes I write the middle first and then I put it all together and see how it flows it's all about flow tell me a little bit about the series so I started off with my first book letters to men I have loved which is 12 letters and the poetry inspired by these men it's not only romantic men that I wrote about. There's also men like my grandfather, my father, my brother, my nephew. How they inspired for me to, it's like a coming of age story, becoming a woman mm-hmm. type of story and the experiences with these men. So there's some painful moments and then some moments of realization. And um, I think I've always written better about pain. I never write enough about when I'm happy. 
I think that's like the torture artist way, like, though. It's like what artists do, I think. Also, how do you write letters to men that you've loved? Because I have some letters that I would write to some of the men I've loved. So but I, they would not be publishable. So I and they'd be short. How I came <laughs> probably two words. Oh, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. How I came about with this idea was that I ran into an ex and we had a long kind of like heart to heart at a party and I was trying to be respectful of his situation. So I just listened more than I spoke and he was the one mainly talking. And so when I got home, I ended up writing him this letter, like saying everything I actually felt. And I read it when I woke up and I was like, wow, this is really good. This is really good. So I decided I'm going to tell these men that I have loved because I, you know, it's past present. I still love them, still care for them. And I decided I'm going to let them know the things that I never told them. And at the time I was experiencing a terrible breakup. It was like one of those breakups that define a certain moment in your life. And I was going through a lot of pain. It was like a divorce. It was, it was a heavy transition time for me. So I, I took writing this book as a cathartic method for me to release everything that I had been holding on to. And I say that I reacted to that breakup with grace, like in front of people, but I was in so much pain he had humiliated me and, you know, it was like, it's like giving some, giving so much to a relationship and then be handed the worst cards. Like where was the respect kind of vibe? Mm-hmm. So I, I learned a lot through that experience and I handled it the way I know best, which is writing. You put it in the book. I put it in the book. And so that began this series of like self-discovery. And then with Letters to Women Like Me, it was inspired by the conversations I had with the women in my life. And it was, you know, asking all these questions. I even have a chapter that's titled, Can We Have It All? Mm -hmm. Because it's all of these questions that all women, we experience, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, socioeconomic backgrounds, how we were raised, we all experience the same questions. Right. And also the desire for more more desires. Exactly. So then with 18 inches, it kind of closes off, uh, closes off the series because it's again, self-discovery, but it's that mind, body, and soul finding that balance. Like, wow, finally found the balance. Like I end the other two books with, Okay, as of right now, this has been the journey. Right. And then this one had a more final end. You release this book during a pandemic. You release these emotions, you release these words. You must be so excited to get them out to people, to resonate with people who have loved the other books as well, because I know that they've been so successful. And then you're holding them with this unknown variable of when you're going to be able to potentially tour with the book and when things will go back to normal. And now no. we know it may never I go mean, back. it's it's taken a day by day. I do think that everything happens for a reason, Everything has divine timing. And 
this book came out when it was supposed to come out. That's how I look at it. And and so far, everyone has been loving it, whoever's read it. And a lot of people have written to me sweet messages about how the book has impacted their souls. And that was always my intention. I feel that the job of the artist is to depict the times, but also to depict the emotional times. Mm -hmm. And although I didn't write this book during the pandemic, I had written it a lot prior. I think everything that I shared in the book will resonate without a pandemic or with a pandemic. You know, it arrived at the right time. And how have you adjusted to promote it virtually? Right. That's you have been, a big book tour that, planned. That is, that's been tricky. We've already had some virtual events with bookstores. There's been those moments in which I've, I've been a bit sad because I wanted to connect with my readers. Right. Do you traditionally, if you're promoting yes. a book, do you do a reading? Yes, somewhere? I do readings. And your so voice, I, Mirtha, so do I, you do an audio version of your books? We're going to do one. You yeah. need to do it because I could just listen to your voice so, all day. So when we do the, the virtual events, I've been reading from the book. Mm -hmm. And it's cute because people are able to comment on the side and ask questions. So there is some interaction. It's not... The kind of it's not the same energy, you the feed same off energy of you feed off someone in person. I think I'm funnier in person than I am virtually, but we're just making it work and just continue promoting the book and, and getting it out there to people. On a practical level, how do you apply what you've learned to dating and to looking for people that you'd be interested in? I'm open. Mm -hmm. I'm open. Sometimes we desire certain things, but we don't always open up ourselves to it, like energetically. For example, I want to find this amazing love. I want to encounter that. I've encountered some passionate loves that still inspire me till this day. And I want to meet a greater love. I have hope that I will. But I feel that fear sometimes keeps us from achieving these desires. What do you think you're afraid of? Sometimes I think that I'm afraid of not having what I've dreamt. I was always a naive type. So if you would have spoken to me at 17 years old, I would have confidently told you that I was going to achieve everything. I'm a Capricorn. Mm -hmm that I was going to achieve everything I set my eyes to. I have a tenacious personality. I feel that I believe that could still be the case. So, but time passes and it's like, wow, I still haven't, I'm still not pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it seems like, so you have achieved a lot of the goals that you set for yourself. In I terms have. Of creating Career. art writing these books, acting, you know, everything sort of career focused, you feel like you have been able to move forward and yeah. achieve. But what is eluding you right now is the very thing that you write about the most, which yes. is the love and the fulfillment on a romantic level. Yeah. I realized while I was writing 18 Inches that the most important type of love I have learned is the love that was already placed within me like that divine love. 
that has allowed me to accept myself, that it has allowed me to feel content with my life, even though I don't currently have the romantic partner I've dreamt about. And I think that's the most important type of love because you could be with someone, but if you don't have that love within you, you could be miserable. And do you attribute that to some of the... To all the inner work I've done. The inner work and also all the support you've said you grew up with sort of knowing you were enough, no matter what? Well, I grew up with support. I grew up with love. But understanding that I I was enough took time because I had also experienced painful experiences with men that tarnished my perception of romantic love. It also, these painful experiences tainted also the trust I placed in other people. And I had to heal from a lot of those experiences. And the moment I, I, I said, I'm going to work on myself, heal myself, I'm going to face the dark sides of me, the dark parts of me, the dark past and come to terms with it. The moment that I did that, I liberated myself. This book for me is complete liberation from also ideas that I had been conditioned with. And it's a powerful book. It's a powerful book. Right. And what an incredible tool also for you to be. I I feel like so many of us probably have unexpressed emotions and words within ourselves that we never say to somebody else, much less to ourselves. And I think through your practice as a writer and just feeling safe in that expression must be so good for you in terms of feeling fully expressed and fully aware of yeah. who you are and what you need and what you won't tolerate anymore, you know? You know, I'm I, I'm actually at peace. I think that's to be happy, you have to experience peace. I'm at peace. It's like, here I am. I'm going to go on a date on Friday. I'm, am I putting pressure on it? No, I'm just going to go. Right. When I started just like letting go of, of those pressures, because we're hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when I started just trusting the process. Right. Trusting this is my journey. There's a reason why things have happened like this in my life. And the moment I started accepting it, I started living in peace. So you're living your life, but for all my single ladies out there, what, like, let's talk about dating in the practical. So we're in a pandemic. Your chances of meeting people, running into them somewhere is a little less likely right now, right? You don't have bars. You don't. You're uh, wearing a mask on your face. You're wearing a mask. Although now it's, uh, it's all about having that strong eye game. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you have it because you got the lashes. So you're giving like a real flirt with yeah. your eyes. Yeah. I mean, I've always been to the lashes, so. Yeah. Okay. Even so you have pre, a strong eye pre-COVID. game. So you have to have a strong eye game. Uh-huh. Definitely. You know, before women would wear lips, you know. Right. Lip, and now you're doing like, eyes. Now you can't do red lipstick. No. Don't waste it. Yeah. No. It's, focus on the eyes. Always focus on the eyes. Are you and, online? Are you on I mean, apps? I joined an app. Is this the first app that you've joined? Yes. I've never been into apps. Okay. Because I've always liked the Mm in-person connection. You're a romantic. I am. I'm old-fashioned in that sense. But I'm giving it an opportunity because I've heard great things from certain friends. And and also, I uh, one of the last guys I dated, 
I met him via Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's an app. Yeah. It's not a dating. It's not a dating app, but I met him. But it's not not a dating app. You know, didn't turn out. Did he slide into your DMs? He slid into my DMs. Uh And and you slid him right out? Well, we we started talking like that and Mm -hmm. we met up and we connected immediately and it was... It was a time. Yeah, it was it was an experience. So what are you looking for now? I'm looking for a man with a job. <laughs> I don't know that there's any men listening to this podcast, <laughs> but just in case there is. So we're looking for someone who's employed. Yes, because right now... Right. A, by the way, there could have been people who were employed, but months ago. Yeah. Okay, it's, so it's someone employed. Someone who has uh, strong family values. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe within our community... There's like cool guys that we're not even tapping into and I'm going to get a DM that I'm going to forward on to you. You know what I mean? You got to really like widen your net. You have to be open. Mm -hmm. I'm being open. We're we're energetically both opening up to this right now. I um, am a social person, so I... But you're also an ambivert. Yes, but I I like to be with people who like to go to dinners too that aren't just a homebody. You Mm -hmm. know, I can't... I've done that and it's like, I get bored. Okay. Like I like to travel mm-hmm. and I like nice things. Okay. So <laughs> nice meals, nice things. Yeah. To me, the experience of like going to a restaurant to me is more important than a gift. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sense. It's an experience. So you're more into experience. I'm more into But one of the things we talked about before we started is that what's hard about these apps Ladies, I'm sure you feel me. It's like you're seeing just these photos, right? So it's like attraction is so unpredictable. You never know based on a photo who's going to I don't get like it going for you. Crazy good looking men. Who I'm, does? I'm, the worst. I'm, I've never I've never been drawn to crazy good looking guys. Like maybe I could think they're attractive, but I'm usually the ones that have conquered my heart have been the ones that have had like a je ne sais quoi. Mm. Not necessarily like the hottest guy that walked into the room, right? So yeah, it's it's tough with the apps because you don't, you know. You don't get that you je don't, ne sais quoi. Yeah, you don't get that. And it's only a few lines that they share. And what, and like on the, the app that you're on right now, what are the lines that they share? What are the questions? Is it like? You choose the questions. And I think one of my questions that for my profile is don't go out with me if, and then you mm-hmm. finish it off. Mm-hmm. I think I said something about if you're the insecure type that needs constant validation. Right. So you're just telling him off the bat. I'm telling you off the Don't bat. Don't come like, barking up this street. Yeah. Like I, I need a confident man. Right. At least someone who's moderately confident. Yeah. It's questions like that. And then pictures. I feel that with guys, it's, I'm going for the guys that I find compelling, attractive, but it's what's tough. Your, what's your take on how much engaging with these people pre-date do you want to do? Like, are you texting them a lot? Are you sending them photos? Are you FaceTiming? Or do you wait and meet in person? I'll tell you a story. I well, I just joined the, this app, right? And one of the guys that started, that I matched with, he started messaging me almost every day. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a little much, yeah? He didn't make the effort still to actually make plans with me, right? So oh, I'm yeah, like, no, that's a red time. flag. So he has 
an interesting career. And I asked him, what does a typical workday look like for you? What's an in, like interesting career, like something he, he, He's wild. a neuroscientist. Okay. So I found, I don't meet many neuroscientists here in Los Angeles. Certainly not. So I asked him that, and I would think that he would give me a great response. Completely avoided the question, which made me think, is he even a neuroscientist? I don't know that he's a neuroscientist. So I'm like, ah, kind of. So he was like, I'll let you know when I find out, basically. Basically. <laughs> and then he like. How do you respond he, to like, what is your average day look like? that. And then he tried to continue the conversation with another question. And I was Not just today. like. Not I was like, today, I was homie. really curious. Mm-hmm. But I think these things are a hit and miss. So do you think it's harder though now, like in terms of connection, because you talked about social media, we talked a little bit about comparative culture and how that affects all of us. But do you think now that we, we share so much, but we also actually are so much less socially inclined then add in the pandemic to it all? Like the communication Do you think the communication has gone down? Definitely. Definitely. I think this generation, it's like. People hardly talk on the phone. They text. Yeah. It's lost the magic. Because you don't deserve this, Martha. You deserve some sort of like European beautiful love story where like someone's taking you on the back of a Vespa to a seaside. Can and I you're tell like you something? Right before the pandemic the hit, I met my dream man in mm-hmm. Madrid. Yeah, this is, that's just, I met that's my what dream I man, But I am, cur- we're currently banned from I don't from see you there with this unemployed neuroscientist <laughs> who doesn't seem to know what he's meant yeah. to be doing. Every day I wake up and I'm like, how am I going to get into Madrid? Yeah. This is like, how am I? <laughs> I just asked my dad, daddy, uh, I need your help. I need to renew my Dominican passport. Right. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. So with a Dominican passport, can you go, where could you go? I get a visa to Europe, which I would be able to get. Mm-hmm. I would be able to travel with my Dominican passport because they're not banned. Mm-hmm. You have to just have a visa. That's what I see for you. So I think you got to get on that. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm post, on it. Post date on Friday. Let's see how it goes on Friday. <laughs> and then, you know, like take that as a sign of maybe like. No, I'm going to. I'm going to obviously we're doing try to get things. into. Yeah, we're doing all of it. <laughs> we're doing all of it. Yeah, I just see that for you. Something's going to... As the poet. Yes. So what would having it all look like to you today? Having it all would definitely look like a more successful business career because I'm always striving for more. Mm -hmm. And two kids and and a good guy as a partner. You're going to find that. Yeah, for sure. For sure you are. For sure. Okay, so let's just talk about some fun stuff. So something called The Riff. What is a practice or a product that you love that you feel like really makes your life better? Could make it easier, could make things run more smoothly. Can I say my phone? Of course. I mean, you could say anything. Yeah. It's like I have my phone. It's like I work from my phone. I can't take my computer everywhere. You write your poetry on your phone. Yeah. And I have my calendar on my phone. Mm -hmm. I have an assistant, Mm -hmm. like a person. And she's great, but she's not a, a, a thing. But your riff may be this person. You know what? She has definitely made my life a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. She's great. I thank God for her every day. But definitely that calendar app on my she phone. Keeps you organized. Yeah, it keeps me organized. 
Yeah, okay. I am one of those people that even like to go hang with a friend, if we plan it. You put it in. I put it in my calendar. Yeah. Okay. What about lies, Martha? You don't have to tell us anything crazy, but are there any occasion on which you do lie or think that you should lie? No. I Never. Tell people, I tell people the honest truth. Never even to like save someone's you feelings. You Are you just like... I wouldn't call it lying. I would just like call it avoiding... Avoiding the truth. The truth. <laughs> right. But I wouldn't lie to the person. Like what if someone says to you, I think what did you think of it? Did you love it? I'll choose my words mm-hmm. to not hurt people, but I'll be like, you know what? I, I think next time you should mm. try to do this. I think it's all about how we communicate things. I can't ask a professional communicator <laughs> if they like use the tricks that the rest of us non-communicators do in order to get out of awkward situations because you can do so and do it gracefully, I'm sure. And I'm also an actress. Oh God, it's just double whammy. Yeah. Just don't give more information than you were asked. Mm-hmm. I think we always give more information. It's like, no, just hard stop. Yeah. So where can anybody who doesn't follow you already find you and where can they find your new book? You can follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm at Martha Michelle, M-I-R-T-H-A, Michelle with double L. And you can purchase my books everywhere. Books are sold. Right. And also we should let the people know that your last books were on the bestsellers list for a crazy amount of time. Yeah. I mean, even this one, it was a number one release on Amazon. That's incredible. Under certain lists. Yeah. So it's doing well. It's doing it's doing well. I mean, I think I have books for for every kind of vibe. Like if you're trying to figure out who you are, if like that self-discovery, if you're trying to get over a breakup, mm-hmm. just go to MarthaMichelle.com and we need it. We need to download the, the whole yeah. library. Yeah. I also started a diary. Ooh. Yeah. I'll probably write about my date on Friday. Okay. Yeah. See, I'll tune and in and to share, see And that. share the experience of meeting someone via an app. Yeah. I think a lot of people are doing that, but so it's kind of like well. a blog on there where we yeah. can follow. Along. Yeah, that it's a blog that I've titled a diary. So it's I like love it. I personal. think your next thing should just be about dating and and all these kinds of personalities that you meet, and you know, the neuroscientist to the guy on Friday. Whatever. Well, doesn't, I don't think I'm going to meet the neuroscientist. Whatever doesn't land in your heart is at least going to be a good story. Definitely funny. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank being you for here today. Us, yeah. Of course. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of Having It All and Other Lies. I've been having so much fun talking to and learning from all these amazing women, and I hope you're enjoying it too. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, and also follow along at Having It All Podcast and swing on over to my page at Sarah underscore Riff. I love hearing from you guys, so please keep up the DMs and emails. And if there's anyone that you want to hear from, let us know. In the meantime, we will look forward to seeing you next week.